0: Good afternoon, one and all, and welcome to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour, a conversation about men at home, at work, and at play with your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Every week, Doug is joined by fascinating guests who tell their own authentic stories and explore all that it means to be a man. And now, here's your host, Doug Gertner. The Grateful Dad. Thanks you, Cameron. Thanks, Cameron, and thanks, Moms and Dads, boys and girls, for tuning in today to The Grateful Dad Radio Hour right here on MileHighRadio.com. The conversation today brought to you as it always is by Emu Consulting, by the Men's Anthology, and by Nomas, the National Organization for Men Against Sexism. We'll be talking about all that throughout the day, and we'll be talking with with Bobblehead Dad Jim Higley on the show today. If you don't know him, a quick Google of uh, Bobblehead Dad, you'll find a lot about uh, Jim—an author, a blogger, a single dad of three, a cancer survivor. Amazing stories, and I'm hoping he'll tell us uh, a few of them today. So you'll want to stay tuned, and you'll want to let others uh, know that we're on the air at MileHighRadio.com, and that they can tune in as well. Since you're possibly listening. Listening at your computer right now, um, how about just sending out an e blast or putting something up on on Facebook or even you know letting some of those LinkedIn folks know that they can point their browser to milehighradio.com for the Grateful Dad Radio Hour and uh, the Bobblehead Dad meets the Grateful Dad today on the show. Maybe text it out and let people know that they can uh, tune in to milehighradio dot com in the old fashioned way. Uh, Yeah, on their computers. Or, have you tried this app, TuneIn Radio? Just like it sounds. TuneIn Radio app for your smartphone. I've had it for a long time, and it's how... I take Mile High Radio on the go with me. They can use that by just getting the app and browsing for Mile High Radio and listening to us. Or maybe you want to really reach out and touch someone, pick up the phone and give them a call and say, uh, listen to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour today on milehighradio.com. I'm coming off a, a big weekend that I'll tell you more about shortly. But let me just say that Uh, We got out the beads, we got out the bells, we brought people in from all over the country because Further, that's the remnants of the Grateful Dead, the Further Band was at Red Rocks, and there's no better venue For live music, especially outdoors under the stars and the big, full, autumnal harvest moon. But uh, when it's anything associated with the original Grateful Dead, it brings out just, you know everybody's out for that and what a good time. So uh I may be just a, 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 a half a beat off today, but Ha says that he will try to keep me on track and uh so do let people know we're on the air and if you want to uh check out the Grateful Dads on Facebook, that's the Location: The Grateful Dads is the show page, and uh, all your latest Grateful Dads news. Or Doug Gertner is, you know, the regular Facebook location. You can be my friend or like the Grateful Dads page, and uh, feel free to tweet in if you want. At um, Doug Gertner is my Twitter handle. So I think we have all the bases covered here. Ah, You know, if somebody is not able to catch the show today, it'll be available, as are all my past Mile High Radio shows, on my show page. So again, you can point them to the archives for On Demand. Abby Ferber came in last week, and we talked about why men uh have joined... Uh, racial hate groups, white supremacist groups, and, and that was a pretty intense conversation. Uh, Sam Sappington was here recently talking about um, PTSD and returning soldiers. Rabbi Brant Rosen came uh, on for a very fascinating conversation. Um, all kinds of great stuff on demand at my show page at milehighradio.com. But today we're talking about vanilla moments with bobblehead dad Jim Higley, so stay tuned tuned for that. I'll be asking uh, he and Haas to weigh in, uh, but I always start our little... uh, segment here I call uh, my moment of gratitude based on the fact that every week I use my gratitude journal, try to do it every day to note those things for which I'm grateful. And this just continues to remind me I have so much to be grateful for. And so today, as I mentioned, after a very, <laughs> very festive reunion weekend, I want to pause and offer my moment of gratitude for going Further, and that may be F U R T H U R further. So this weekend, I'm just uh, still still smiling because I gathered some of my closest friends from all aspects of my life ostensibly to attend a couple of uh, further shows at Red Rocks, and it just leaves me feeling so grateful in so many ways. My gratitude begins with my friend David, a very strong man and a devoted dad who came out to Colorado from Ohio for the weekend to see his two sons who now live here. Dave, thanks for dinner at Duo. It was delicious, and the company was delightful. And that was the night before going to Red Rocks. I'm also grateful to our brother Mark for taking a break from caregiving, his wife, and from job hunting to travel and join us uh, from California here in Denver. The boys are back in town and rocking at Red, Red Rocks just like we did last time in 1982 was when you and me and Dave were on Red Rocks together. And before that, we started rocking at our very first Grateful Dead show on June twenty-seventh, 1976. How blessed we are to be friends for so long and to continue our concert going tradition more gratitude to lisa who flew in from oregon for this gathering of the tribes and the vibes we were together lisa and i up in portland so many years ago the last time we saw jerry garcia alive and this weekend was a celebration of our ongoing friendship and being kindred spirits lisa you always energize me and inspire the fun and appreciation for every moment I'm multiply grateful to my pal Trevor, who was co-host for the big Saturday night show with yummy tailgate food to warm up for the fine further set that night, and also for the big game tonight. Yes, Trevor and I are going to see Monday Night Football at Sports Authority Field at Mile High. So, Trevor, thanks for letting me be your wingman in music and sports, and go Broncos. And with gratitude, I celebrate my local brothers, Hal and Joe, who rounded out the special cast of this fantasy fun time on Red Rocks. This was a weekend of music and merriment and you guys rock. And with a special note of gratitude to my most beloved dance partner, Maggie, for hosting the out-of-town guests in our home and coming out to enjoy the show last night and uh, having no objection to me going out uh, again tonight for football. With plenty of yummy eats and a smile all night long at the show last night, the big grin that I have has not left my face. And I'm also so grateful that these players further are still touring, making some of the finest music of their long careers and providing a place to gather and joy with other fans, new and old, and I mean really old in some cases, look at me, to let loose and connect with favorite songs and a special scene. As they sang last night, the music never stopped. So, wow, once again, so much to be grateful for, and that's my moment of gratitude for this week for going further to go to further, and once again, I'm grateful to everyone for listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour today, and I do encourage you to make a habit of being grateful.
1: There's mosquitoes on the
0: rising up like birds It's been hot for seven weeks now even speak now. Did you hear what I just heard? Yeah, the music never stopped. They played that last night. I think, anyway. It's hard to keep track. Well, the music never stops around here in between Fine Talk Radio and it's all brought to us thanks to... Uh, Owner, engineer, and uh, our guru behind the board, so I want to turn to Haas and ask you, as I do every week, my friend, what are you grateful for?
2: Uh, wow, <laughs> whole bunch of stuff. Um, first and foremost, um, and I should say this every week because th- this is coming from the heart, I'm I'm grateful for every single show host that we have here at Mile High Radio. Yeah. Uh, I truly, and I'm not saying this because you're here, I truly believe we have some of the best people in the business. Uh, Not only do they do good good shows, but they've got good hearts, and that's what it's all about. It takes one to know one. Thanks. Um, Also grateful for Monday Night Football. (laughs) Are you ready for some football? (laughs) I'm ready for tonight. I'll tell you what. uh, It's funny watching Facebook blow up today, um, at least with the locals. Uh, People are predicting blowouts, and I would love to see a blowout, but I'm I'm not going to predict that. Uh, I, I don't want to jinx it, Mm-mm. but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, we, we've got something special here in Denver this year. If we can stay healthy, uh, which we're not doing a really good job of that so far, but uh, hopefully uh, we don't we don't get any more banged up, uh, this could be a, a really, really fun season. But, uh, yeah, Mile High Show host, God bless you. Uh, Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. And uh, you know what? Uh, things are good.
0: Life is good, and, uh, I'll be uh, tweeting from the sidelines tonight. Thank you, Haas. And if you would bring in my guest today, you're going to meet Jim Higley, also known, a.k.a., right, as the bobblehead dad. And, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, how he got on my radar, but I'm so glad to have him on my show. And uh, Jim, I know this is not coming from left field, but uh, I will put you on the spot nonetheless and <laughs> say welcome. And what are you grateful for today?
1: Hey, well, first of all, I'm grateful for being here. How are you today?
0: Fantastic.
1: Good. You know, this is going to sound really pithy when I give you my answer, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a question, it's a topic that has actually meant something to me over the last couple of years. And, and, and it's meant something because a couple of years ago, my sister-in-law sat me down or we, you know, we were having a conversation and she kind of presented the whole concept of gratitude to me in a very different way. And she truth, truthfully kind of took me by the hand and helped me understand the value of being grateful for everything in your life. And, and she really changed the way I even look at adversity. And that's really kind of maybe what I'm getting at it. Cause I, at the time I was going through a bunch of tough, tough things in my life and finding myself, you know, um, i'm I'm a fairly spiritual guy, so you know, praying for you know, praying for things to get better. and she helped me understand, you know what there's 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 a, a benefit to being grateful for even the adversity because the adversity teaches you things. And so ever since then, I've tried consciously to be mindful of even the the positive side of tough stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my answer really to you, what what am I grateful for? Mm-hmm. I truly and I truly every day, try to set aside time be it on a run or in the car or two minutes in the shower or whatever and kind of run through my head the things that I that are on my high in my you know high, things that are occupying my brain and I try to reframe reframe especially the harder ones as things to be grateful for because I'm you know the optimist in me believes that I will get through them and that I will yeah, be absolutely. a better person and, and so I, I try to, it's, it's easy to be grateful for the obvious things. It's easy to be grateful for health. It's easy to be grateful for your children. It's easy to be grateful for, you know, the, the things that, that so many of us have in abundance. It's not easy to be grateful Mm-mm. for the, the, the crap.
0: The tough stuff. And, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so that's, so that there's, there's a long answer. I know you said give you a short, yes. short answer, but. But that's what I, I try to be grateful for everything.
0: Well, and a the theme that comes through that we're going to, you know, certainly circle back to in a short while when I introduce you officially to uh, the show today, is is family. That that lesson came through your sister-in-law. I think you said, yeah, you know this that
1: particular one. Yeah,
0: the theme of family um, is is one that runs through. And as you say, you know, a close knit family as yours has always been. Gratitude is is a, is kind of a given, and I appreciate, and I'm, I'm I can. Continue to learn, uh, you know, from you. Your, your book's sitting right here on the console for me to thumb through as we're talking today. But um, it's it's the very message that the grateful dad brings to a lot of discussions. And as anyone, and that would be all of us, who have known adversity um, can stand to remember. It's being grateful, as you say, in the difficult times for the crap that comes our way. So thank yeah. you. That's my guest today, uh, Jim Higley, bobblehead dad. He'll be uh, joining us formally and officially momentarily. Let me just add, I'm also asking this question of you, all my listeners. If you'll just take a moment, as we've been saying, and consider what are you grateful for today? Think about it. And if you want to, go to my website, thegratefuldad.org. There at the shop button, you can find The Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude. I'll be sending one uh, Jim's way after the show, and you can get one too and begin to chronicle th- all the things that you have to be grateful for. So, um, you know, as, as, as Haas well knows and uh, longtime listeners who's been following me around are familiar, and uh, Jim is getting a feel for um since I started this show, I've taken this second segment here to say um, I want to give you the full circle fatherhood report. It's it's based on an essay that I contributed to the men's anthology that's titled Ordinary Men, Extraordinary Lives, Defining Moments. And you'll hear more about that throughout. And um, it, it, I talked about fatherhood coming full circle for me in my life. Um, that brought me from becoming a dad to, um, kind of being a member of the sandwich generation, caring for both my son and my dad. And, um, because Jim talks about, um, he calls it many things, but I like, you know, not just the forgotten lessons, but also the vanilla moments in life. When I launched this show, um, back in, what would that have been? Um, November 21st of 2011 just the day before I was like I I, got to do a report about where I am with my full circle fatherhood sort of journey and I titled it the full circle fatherhood report and I just sat down and wrote about what was happening that day and as I thought about bringing Jim on I thought That was just writing about, you know, the nooks and the crannies and the everyday vanilla moments. And so I'm going to reprise, although it's dated, but I'm going to reprise my very first installment of the First Local Fatherhood Report. I called it back then, Just Another Sandwich Sunday. I said yesterday was a typical Sunday at our house because Maggie was out teaching religious school. Jordy was at home doing his homework. At the time, he was a seventh grader, and the workload was really ramping up as they helped students prepare for high school. And I was putting the finishing touches on this radio show. It was a beautiful day, and we needed to get outside, so I suggested we head uptown for lunch. First, Jordy took a long shower, which (laughs) for a boy his age I thought was amazing, and I threw on some layers, and he on his longboard and me on foot headed through Stapleton toward Noodles and Company. Yes, my kid rides aboard, but I'm pleased to say that he wears a helmet at my request and waits for me at most street crossings so I can keep up. We enjoyed our noodle bowls, and Geordie ordered and ate five of the six pot stickers, sharing just one with me, and then it was back home and back to work until Maggie returned, and then we went off to visit my dad at the skilled nursing facility where he'd lived since the previous May. As we entered his room, my dad was still wearing his blue blazer that one of the aides told me he insisted on wearing to lunch that day. Even though he was a long way from the boardrooms and the country clubs that were his domain before his decline, some things about my dad just never changed. And another thing that never changed was his love of sports. In my dad's case, it was college football. So once he made the slow and difficult tradition from wheelchair, wheelchair to stuffed seating while playing, paying little mind to the NFL game on his TV, my dad lamented what was then the tough loss of his beloved Ohio State Buckeyes, where he went to law school, to the disgraced Nittany Lions of Penn State. Sorry, Trevor. He then celebrated that day the great season by Harvard, where he went to college, as they had thumped their rivals Yale in the final game of their season that day. It amazed me. I would say, till the end, what he was able to recall. Then our conversation went in the similar circle that was so familiar, where it increasingly spiraled since my dad was diagnosed with dementia several years before, with my dad asking me and Maggie and Jordy the same questions repeatedly during the time it took for the Bears and the Vikings to play just one quarter of football. How are you, Douglas? How's business? How's school, buddy? He'd ask Jordy. When are you getting a haircut? Jordy used to wear his hair very long. Maggie, darling, how have you been? And on this and every Sandwich Sunday, he asked us that again and again. And that was the full circle fatherhood report from my very first radio show. That was 112111. 11. You'll find it deep in the archives on my blog at thegratefuldad.org. And it's a tribute to the lessons I'm learning from my guest today, Jim Higley, as it marks some of my earliest lessons and reflections on the vanilla moments in my life. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Jim Higley, whom you'll meet shortly. (laughs) <laughs> the doobie brothers how about that Haas? the doobie brothers another park another sunday that's the one that came to mind when i was talking about my sandwich sunday
2: yeah i just saw them in concert <sighs> they
0: still at it that is so cool yeah they yeah. were very good but i saw them. i know i've <laughs> no, got a i've got a memory of the the michael mcdonald days that they oh, were pretty good well yeah.
2: and that's it you know when once he left mm-hmm. the group changed but uh, mm-hmm. no they were up at sturgis uh, okay. South Dakota this this year, and I got a chance to hear them, and uh, it was still fun. Cool. Yeah, they're
0: following the bikers around. Well, thanks for letting me uh, trip down memory lane there a little bit, folks. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of that with my uh, guest as we look at the forgotten lessons of life from a, a bobblehead dad named Jim Higley. Jim Higley is the bobblehead dad. He's the author of the book Bobblehead Dad: Twenty Five Life Lessons I Forgot I Knew. He's a columnist. He's a radio show host, a social media influencer, speaker and cancer survival. Jim is a single father of three and a truly, truly insightful storyteller who writes about the experiences found in the nooks and the crannies of everyday life from a dad's perspective. He blogs for, among others, Huffington Post, The Good Men Project, and he even won an award for his cooking. I love that. To top it all off, Jim was named the inaugural World's Greatest Dad for uh, Man of the House magazine. His kids, however, I understand, are requesting a recount. So the Grateful Dad meets the bobblehead today as I welcome Jim Higley back to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. So, Jim, here we are, finally.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: finally. Great to be on.
0: Yeah, um... I think, you know, I like to just ask my guests after I do this uh, introduction that's often, you know, pulled and synthesized from sources like your website and, you know, the impressions that I've had interacting with you for a couple of years, mostly through social media and the like – if 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 you were to give us the the Jim Higley story, abbreviated, of course, um, mm-hmm. with with you know, touching on defining moments, because the I'll send you this book um, right after the show. the The men's anthology really asked each of the authors if we would um, talk about, write about a defining moment in our life. So when you fill in some of the blanks from my quick thirty thousand foot introduction. Um, what would you add and, and what might be a couple of defining moments that help us know you better?
1: Sure. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's easiest always to start at the beginning. So my beginning started in Nebraska in a little tiny town outside of Omaha. I'm the youngest of five boys. And I write about that often in, in my storytelling. And I refer back to that. I was raised in a very um, tight, close knit, pretty simple family. And early on when I was a, uh, Gosh, how old I was about? Four, I was fourteen. My mother died unexpectedly. She had uh, she had brain cancer, which was totally undiagnosed, and and uh, she she died within like an eight day period of time, which from a you you know you ask about life changing events that clearly was that was a game changer in my life, um, and I was being the youngest of all the boys. I I uh, lost, you know lost a mother and. And um, the whole dynamics of our family changed. My dad and I were the only ones at home at the time. You know, my older brothers were in college and, and graduated by that point. So I developed an incredibly close relationship with my father, who I also write a lot about um, in in my storytelling as well. So moving forward, you know, moving forward, life moves on. Get you know, go through college, graduate, get married, have kids, and uh, you know, start kind of. Moving through the life you think you're you're destined to live, and then you start realizing you're not in control of anything, and, and a lot of stuff starts to happen. For me, a lot of the stuff, um, the unexpected stuff, especially um, after uh, three kids and a twenty you know twenty some year career in commercial real estate investing, I found myself about let's see about eight years ago to eight, 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 seven to nine years ago, in a time frame, I'll put it in perspective. Seven to nine years ago, I lost my father. I lost a brother. I myself was diagnosed with um, a very aggressive cancer. My um, my marriage came to an end, and I found myself a single dad with sole custody of my three kids. And so all of that in, in about a 24-month period of time, um, absolutely, hands down, that was the most uh, life-changing Um, time of my life and required a tremendous amount of uh of of um just belief that i could get through it Uh, Mm -hmm. waking up every day was candidly you know it was pretty tough and um yeah yeah and you know it's just like it's like man can any more come my way but um i truthfully i i try to just keep my nose to the to the grinder and uh, you know down and just realize you know what I'm a dad and I, 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 you know, through, through all the crap and all the, you know, all the stuff that I can feel bad about myself, I have an obligation to three human beings. And, and that was really for the, there was a defining moment in in my life, which the details don't really matter, but it was like, you know what? I can either look backward and, and uh, feel woe is me, or I can absolutely move forward and and make every day as pot, as, as, as incredibly positive as possible. And I'm choosing the latter. And so, Clearly. That, you, know, you know, that's that's kind of the, the nutshell. And, you know, we can talk more about kind of the evolution of of um, my my writing and, and kind of the career I enjoy now because part of part of that journey, um, one day I just decided to leave my job and quit what I had been doing for 20-some years and uh, become a full-time stay-at-home dad. And, and I decided, you know what, I'll figure the rest out later. And that's kind of what I did.
0: Yes, you have. And, and you know, as I say, I'm holding – in my hand this book here and the story that you just alluded to um the, the first defining moment of uh, losing your dear mother yeah. you know, the mother of these five boys yeah. at the yeah. age of at, at, the, at the, you being the youngest at the age of 14 that's where the book that's where the book begins but um he, actually even in the introduction you you allude to something i think that um I, i'm just I think we need to, I need to ask this just to lay the simple, the groundwork here. So I, I get that you collected bobbleheads as a kid and I'm, I'm happen to be curious on the side. I mean, were they mostly baseball yeah. players? Are, are, are there other folks who get to be immortalized in that form? But ultimately yeah. beyond your collection, then how did you become, I mean what do you mean by a bobblehead dad?
1: I, yeah. What do I mean by bobblehead? Okay. Well, first of all, yeah, we had a lot of bobbleheads in our house. with five boys, um, you know, as you can imagine there, there's any kind of athletic equipment or paraphernalia or, or whatever. And truthfully, my older brothers um, were the collectors of the bobbleheads because older brothers get everything good in, in the family of five boys and the little one myself. I got all the hand me downs from clothes to records to broken bobbleheads. So no, I never really had my own collection, but I did steal a few from my <laughs> brothers. Um, but, um, but the, in, in, seriousness, you know, the, 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 the term bobblehead dad, um, kind of has a, a double, a double meaning. Mm-hmm. And the, the first meaning, uh, is, is more literal in, in that is I used it once in a story that I wrote to describe how I felt. And it was really how I felt at the time when I decided to quit my job. And that was, I i was a dad, a human being going full speed, constant state of motion, trying to hold myself together, trying to hold my family together, trying to put a smile on my face and pretend that all things were good if I was moving. and and the reality was i was going through the motions i was you know i believed i i appeared to have my act together but the reality was i was nothing more than just kind of a a um, you know an object in my family and my in my children's life i, I was in effect a bobblehead dad that's kind of how that terminology yeah, um, came yeah. up and, and, yeah you know, so that that's the literal that's the literal definition of it the Beyond that, you know, there's there's some there's some imagery from more um, vintage um, memories of of things from our past that that actually apply to it. But that's where it came from.
0: Yeah, you you describe kind of getting home from a long day of work in commercial real estate and there's three kids who want your attention and you you were just kind of. Bobbling along, just sort of doing, going through those motions, and the, the the recognition, as you say, through those defining moments that that came in succession in those years from losing your father and your brother and your diagnosis and your marriage and, right. and you know the, the the commitment as a single dad to step away from what they refer to as the fast lane and yeah. I don't know I mean I'm projecting now my own approach you know with without as much trauma to a similar path I call it from the fast lane to the fun lane because when yeah. I jumped in with both feet and said my parenting is my priority And I can make my life work around that. That's when it not only got fun, but you know, things really started happening. And that's, that's what happened for you. When we come back from this break, um, I want to go back to one of those defining moments, um, because one of the many places that, that you show up in a big way is in the cancer survivor community. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's not a cliche, even though it is obvious to me and everyone listening that that peace, you know, losing your mother, father, brother, and your own diagnosis were a turning point, a jumping off point for you. And, you know, you've even uh, on the back of, of your book, Bobblehead Dad, 25 Lessons I Forgot I Knew, which, of course, you know, one good way to get it is on Amazon. That's where I got my copy. Um, but, you know, you've got an Immerman Angels, you know, sort of support. Right. So you want people to know about some of the um, survivors resources and philanthropies that they can get involved. And that you've committed to, but um I think I'll ask you to to start off there when we. Come back from break because as you can tell out here, out here in Denver, we're all pumped for, uh, the, the, the Broncos taking on our old arch rivals, the Raiders tonight. And there's a, there's a line I'll ask you about after the break that you referenced early on, I think, in the introduction to your book where you said you were given a chance at the halftime show of yeah. your life to relearn it. some lessons and to stop bobbling. My guest yeah. is Jim Higley, the bobblehead dad. You can Google him up on the break. You're listening to the Grateful Dad radio hour. We're on milehighradio.com. Stay tuned, Jim and I'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour right here on MileHighRadio.com. I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. So happy to have you tuning in today. Those of you who uh, keep your web radio dial tuned to the station all day long. No, there's an hour of music following, but today, as is every Monday at three, the Geese comes in with Mondays at three. Don't you like that? That's the name of his show. It's the name of his book. It's the time of his show. Geese keeps it simple, or <laughs> does he? Uh, if you listened last week, um, newly divorced, Greg said he was ready to uh, get on the dating scene, so his co-host, Lisa, arranged for three eligible bachelorettes to call in and they did a dating game on geese's show last week he has since chosen uh which of the bachelorettes he would date and uh, he's coming back to report on those dates i'm going to be listening because i'm a little curious if uh, knowing geese he might have found a way to go on a date with more than one of them geese is never one not to hedge his bets so
2: here's the problem with that uh uh-oh it wasn't up to him to choose it was up to the oh. audience the audience voted and they voted for for bachelorette number 2 that's right and he posted on facebook today that he went out yesterday with bachelorette number 3 oh my goodness so either he's cheating on her already <laughs> Not or keys, not or keys. it was a typo. So we're going to find out.
0: <laughs> we will find out. Stay tuned today at three on milehighradio.com. As I said, um, it's the grateful dad meets the bobblehead dad today. We've had Jim Higley for the first uh, half hour of the show. And as we uh, head into the home stretch here, Jim, I appreciate the explanation for what it means to be a bobblehead dad. And I said when we came back from break, um, I wanted to kind of delve further into, as you've uh, already noted, a big part of your story, a defining part of your life, um, is surviving cancer. Um, people can learn more from the book. You you may want to say a little bit more about your diagnosis, uh, your treatment, and how you beat it. But uh, what I was referring to was right in the introduction of, of your book, Bobblehead Dad, 25 Life Lessons I Forgot I Knew, um, I liked how you referenced that, um, the, the, the cancer diagnosis gave you a chance at what you called the halftime show of your life to relearn some lessons and to stop all this bobbling. So, um, say a little bit more about, you know, kind of the 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 biggest lesson you learned. Is it is it lesson number 1 that the scariest boogeyman is the one in your head? What what's really yeah. the 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 primary or the chief or the initial kind of lesson that comes that that, that showed up in that halftime show of life?
1: Yeah, well, you we have to read all 25 chapters to get the, the real answer, but I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. But, uh, but no, what I, what I was really talking about, first of all, when, when I referred to the, the halftime show of my life, I was 40, 44 and 45 years old when I went through my entire uh, cancer journey and uh, spent a lot of time away from work, spent a lot of time, a lot of time kind of alone and in solitude and um, you know, you, just you have a lot of time to think about many many things which is tru- truthfully when I wrote the bulk of the contents of my book Which were originally a collection of letters to my children mm-hmm. um, and that, that I that I just decided at the time you know, this is if there's no time like the present to to put pen to paper and And at least leave some thoughts for my children should I not come out of this yeah. on, you know on the other side and so that was the original intent. That was what the, the 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 content of what became a book was really written for. It was for three people, um, and coming out on the other side, um, and I've never been given a clean bill of health. I, I'm I'm considered in remission, but the I, I had um, I had prostate cancer, which is highly unusual for a 44 year old guy um, to have. I had a very aggressive form of prostate cancer. And it has a tendency to come back kind of quickly and and, uh, um, and very aggressively. So I'm I'm checked every three months of my life, and um, and and basically I'm just kind of living as I call them hall pass a hall pass in terms of uh, getting you know staying healthy. And I, I do a lot to to try to maintain you know, to maintain my health and to keep the cancer that they believe is still in me in remission. Um, and so so when I talked about the halftime. Show of my life, it's kind of this, just I guess, how I look at it. It's like, you know, here I was 44, 45. Um, and I decided I needed to make a decision how I was going to view that point of my life. Was I going to view it as just, whoa, glad I got through that. Now let's move on with life. Or was I going to use it as an opportunity to, to, to stop and evaluate who I was as a person and who I hope to, to become and what I had um, within me to give to others. And, and, you know, God willing, um, hopefully I have another half of a life, another 44, 45 years to live that. And so I guess I choose, I choose to think of that time of my life as a halftime show, because I, it, it just helps me feel positive to believe that there's an equal half waiting for me, um, to, to live the life that I've come to believe I was meant to live. Um, it might cut short in a year, you know, I don't know, but I don't think that way. I think I've got, I think I'm going to live till, you know, I'm into my nineties and that's how I approach my days.
0: Thanks. That I, I love the um, optimism and the perspective you bring to that. And I don't want to, you know, trivialize it with with sports analogies. You know, doing a, a men's oriented show that the way I do it, I still try not to. Um, you know, default to, to that but I love a good sports analogy when it works and that works well for me and you know just as at the start of every baseball season here in in Denver hope springs eternal and you know I watched the the Broncos come back after halftime uh, in a big game last year I um you're back man and and look at all the things that that you're doing I just I haven't had time to, to list them. And that's why I'm sending people, uh, to bobbleheaddad.com and just saying, um, check Jim out and, and know that, um, there's, there's all kinds of paths that I could take this conversation. But the one that, um, strikes me, Jim, as, as I say, um, your parents, were such strong influences in your life. Your right. your mom, who you as you said you lost at at fourteen, and and your dad more recently. But you know, cancer being a, a theme here, um, we get to know both of your parents and, and and your brothers as well. But we we really get sure. to know your parents very deeply and very personally as we make our way through your book. And as a parent yourself, I'm wondering what did each of your parents contribute. To how you parent your three kids? What 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 influences did they have that you see coming out in your own parenting?
1: Well, again, I, I truthfully I see it in 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 these in the very smallest of ways. You know, the things that I I, I, I and you've referred to it. I have kind of coined as the vanilla moments of life. I, you know, my starting with my my mother. I mean, I could talk all sorts about lots of different virtues and, and strengths and stuff. But at the end of the day, both of my parents were. Very dependable, loyal, present, available, um, people. And I always knew that I was a priority in their life. That didn't mean I didn't get in horribly big trouble (laughs) and lots of, you know, a lot and have lots of fights and lots of conflicts like any young kid goes through. But I always knew my parents were there for me Mm -hmm. and, and, and I guess in retrospect, you know, what the book, my book ultimately is all about, as I, I wrote it um, during, you know, those cancer months, is I came to realize that while so many of us like to think about, you know, the big events in our life, the big life-changing moments in our life, what I came to realize as I was spending a lot of time reflecting on my life, I came to understand that for the most part, the really big the really, um, uh, the big learning experiences in my life came from the real simple experiences of my childhood, mm-hmm. the most unexpected of places. And, I, and those are the, many of the stories that I relay yeah. in my book, and I draw <laughs> a parallel to them in my adulthood. And so, I, I guess, I, in answer to your question, the, the biggest thing that I have learned from my parents is the, is the value of the current moment. And it, and, and I draw on that and that, you know, truthfully is the whole point of the book. And I certainly didn't invent the, the idea. Um, I'm just telling it in a different way, but I do truly think that the, the most important lesson that I learned from my, my own two parents is that as a parent, you don't know what tiny moment, tiny investment in, in, you know, your child's life is going to become a big, teaching experience and and you may never know you may never live long enough to know that but i do live day to day and and it's really what gets i don't want to say what gets me through my days it's what sustains me through my days is to realize even through kind of the mundaneness of parenting which there is as we all know a lot of mundaneness and a lot of yep. routine and a lot of you know, I, I use the examples, you know, even today, it's like, my gosh, did I, do I have to get up one more time with my son and help him with his breakfast and, you know, get, you know, but I know those, those yeah. become the potential moments that he will someday, he'll grab something. I don't know what he's going to grab. I don't know. And I guess that doesn't matter, it, but I, cause I believe cumulative, cumulatively and individually, all of those things that I do every day, day in and day out for my kids that I give to them Within them, they will find some messages that I'll never, I may never know about. And that's, that's the biggest lesson to me.
0: Unless unless they write the book, which they might, I love that. Thanks. I mean, just, just how you frame that your parents dependable, loyal, Present available that you knew you were a part, I mean right there there 's a whole parenting book seminar lesson radio yeah. show just in that and and the the you know that was your experience it 's not everybody 's experience, but i can 't yeah, imagine absolutely. any kid not benefiting from being able to say that about their parents, and also that recognition that those tiny moments those those little mundane things. Um, that they see us do or that they experience with us, our children, um, become great lessons and teach them so much. And have you, I mean, you got three times as many kids as I do because we, Uh we started late, we stopped at one. Maggie, my beloved, is the only child of an only child and she turned out so great. And Uh I kind of had this blended family that was not the Brady bunch that definitely said, you know, wait until you feel ready until I, Got the, you know, little memo that said if you wait till you're ready, you're 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 never ready. Just just become exactly. a dad, and exactly. um, what what I've what I've found is that um, this this son of mine has this amazing memory, and I've I've just since a little kid. He'll remember something very vividly that I had long ago forgotten. And my explanation, not being any kind of a brain scientist, let alone a psychologist, is just they have less stuff to clutter up their brain. But boy, does he recall stuff, little moments in our lives. Um, I, I had the chance to take him um, right after kindergarten. We had enough miles and we went to Europe and uh, we bought our first digital camera for that trip and uh, quickly fried the memory card and lost virtually all of our photos. The nice thing is my kid seems to have a photographic memory and can tell me all about that trip, even if we don't have photo documentation. So your point is well taken that they're going to remember, you know, getting up with them for breakfast or, you know, something you did that you thought just happened and, and did, you didn't register it. Um,
1: And, and, and they mean it and, and you're, you're at a lucky place right now with your, your own son who, is you know giving you the time of day and acknowledging yes. things, um, and that you know I, that might be different in a year because kids change over the course of their, their you know their their uh, their growth <laughs> and, and everything. And I guess so. The message that I constantly try to relate to parents when I'm out speaking and and using this as as kind of a point of reference mm-hmm. is. Even when you're in the, in, in the, in the valleys of parenting, even when you're in the tough spots, yeah. when, you know, when communication is not great, when you feel like your kid is just constantly, you know, kind of getting down on you and you can't win, don't give up because you're the, first of all, you're the parent and you can't give up. Right. Second of all, you just don't know what is going to resonate and, 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 and give your kid, the, you know, give your kid the ability to be a kid and, and, and maybe not share all the kind, loving things that you'd like to hear, but do believe that what you're doing is a value and will pay off. And, and I, that's, you know, that's just kind of my, my constant message. And, and especially I, you know, I, I it it resonates so much, especially with, you know, young, I'm on the, I'm now on the other side of this mountain of parenting, you know, my kids are now 24, 21 and 17. So Mm. I'm not in those, those horribly tough years for so many of your parent, you know, your listeners out there who have, they're juggling all the schedules and the after school and the weekends and the homework and all, you know, um, when when you just think I can't get through this, there's just too much. And it's just like, my life is a, is a, is a crazy zoo. Um, don't underestimate just the value of just being being there all the time mom and dad being present being available being emotionally connected to your kids laughing a lot mm-hmm. you know <laughs> ag- acknowledging your mistakes you know apologize when you screw up for sure yeah let your kids know you you have flaws and yeah all that stuff and and it. People, you know, it gives hopefully it gives people a sense of relief and and believe in yourself, believe in what you are doing.
0: That's the message from Jim Higley, the Bobblehead Dad, my guest today on the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. Parents don't give up. It aligns well, Jim, with with you know your experience of not giving up when you got a a, a diagnosis of a very aggressive prostate cancer and. This book is 25 life lessons that you forgot you knew and I, I appreciate kind of you framing that it was during your cancer journey as you were battling and recovering that you were r- writing this down so that if you did not, uh, prevail, there was something uh, that you could leave for your kids. And right. as I go through, you know, each of the lessons resonates and you, you, um, build around it stories from, from your life and your childhood and all. And I just kind of, I, I wonder if you'll let me cherry pick a few of these, say what they mean uh-huh. to me and, and, you know, feel free to respond like, that's not what I meant, Doug, or here's, here's what it means to me, Doug, or just sure. thank you, Doug. Let's go on to the next one. But I just, you know, picked out kind of right there in the middle. Um, you said, say it. Write it today. And, and yeah. I, I had an experience that, it, it showed up just in passing in my gratitude last week. So I'm just going to mention it very briefly this week. But, um, the reason I'm here in Colorado, which is where my soul belongs is, um, because of Uncle Bernie. Um, Uncle Bernie was, uh, married my Aunt Marcia. He was the sane rock of, of a family that otherwise, uh, dysfunction doesn't begin to describe. Um, in fact, aunt Marcia is the last surviving of her four siblings, all of whom, um, starting with my mother when I was seven, um, died at at very early ages. And Bernie is probably the reason that Marcia's alive today, but also he's the reason I'm here and thriving in Colorado. And last year, Bernie, my uncle Bernie got a diagnosis of cancer that was showing up, uh, initially in his neck. They Mm. removed some, um, uh, lymph node and, and, um, a, uh, Uh, Salivary gland. And these folks, my family, this this side of my family, they're not talking much to me or, you know, uh, about this. They're, you know, kind of turning into the closest, you know, their children and their closest friends. Um, and I was missing Uncle Bernie. And as our Jewish holidays came along, as I mentioned last week, a time of reflection, um, I realized that I needed to thank Uncle Bernie and wasn't exactly sure how. And I was fortunate to be on retreat with my men's group up in the mountains. And I kind of brought it to them. And they said, Doug, say it. And since it's hard to speak to him about it, Say it in writing and and do Mm -hmm. it today. And I came home from that retreat and I wrote it out and I I included Aunt Marcia too. Thank you both for everything, for bringing me to Colorado, offering my, my first job after college, being the only family I've ever really had. And even though we don't get together a lot, I wouldn't be thriving today. I wouldn't be here, let alone doing so well if it weren't for you. Thank you both. And that was so important. And it wasn't, you know, Jim, it wasn't about, um, because you may not be here a year from now, Uncle. No. Daddy, you no, know, yeah. it was right. just in the moment I had to say it and I wrote it and I did it today. And that was, um, that was lesson number 15 from the bobblehead yeah. dad's 25 life lessons. I forgot. So uh, I forgot I knew. And so, um, it, it meant a lot to me to just get it. Um, from you on the page, I don't know if if there's more that you no, would that, add.
1: Yeah, well, that one means a lot to me, and, and uh, totally, it, it's not meant to be a message for people dealing with um, you know end of life situations or anything like that. It's meant to be a a daily reminder that as human beings, we all need to be validated. Mm-hmm. We need to be valid. We need to. We as adults, as parents. We need to be validated. We like that. It feels good when we're validated. When I say to you as a friend, you know, that was a great show. I love, you know, I love what you talked about or, and our kids mo- most importantly need validation from us. They need it. They may not, again, back to the, they might not, they might be a, a snotty little 17 year old or 15 year old on the surface. They need your validation. Yeah. Um, our parents, our brothers, our friends, the, the clerk at the grocery store who's having a bad day. They need our validation. And so the, the message, you know, the, the message of that lesson, um, you know, say it and write it is don't don't miss an opportunity to. Again, it really comes back to to be grateful, yeah. to show your gratitude to someone, be it a someone that's intimately close to you or someone that you just kind of pass in life because it matters. It does matter. And you can say it. You can write it. You can do it with a smile on your face or, you know, as corny as it sounds, you know, a twinkle in your eye. Mm -hmm. You can just do it to another human being and it's a gift you can give. So that's, yeah, that's what I I believe that passionately.
0: Absolutely. And, and I'm finding that as we started, when we started the show with our moment of gratitude, that, that it's, it's as if, this sounds so whatever, but you know, gratitude begets gratitude and it becomes cumulative, as you said, and just the idea that the more I recognize it, the more I acknowledge it, whether I say it or write it, if I do it today, I get more back tomorrow. And I love that. Um, So, Another one, and they—they they all speak to me, and you know, I just cherry-picked a handful. We won't get through most of them before we after, uh, but but, welcome, advice with action. So, yeah. so a few years ago, um, I was struggling. I was at a, a difficult, difficult point in my life, and I, I went on what I called uh, my buddy quest. I, I went after particularly men in my life, friends and associates who I reached out to to say, you know, I'm, I'm looking for some advice. And there are several people that I reached out to. Not everybody was ready or able or willing, or, or. But I went to see my friend Ilan Shamir, the Tree Man. nature dot com. Um, he gets messages from, uh, and advice from everywhere he looks. He, he, he started getting advice from a tree during a very difficult time where his marriage was ending. And he gets advice from everywhere and he shares it through his products at yourtruenature.com. And I thought I was going to see Elon to, um, just unload. Look how miserable I am, Elon. Things are so tough. You're a buddy. You'll listen to me. And he just wouldn't, he wouldn't take it. He said, you know, literally, Doug, my advice is to take action. And here's what we're going to do. And over lunch, he mapped out how I was going to make my first bookmark with advice on it. And, you know, here's how you're going to get your first products out. And here's how you're going to, he was the one who, who helped me hook up the, the trademark on the Grateful Dad. And, um, the advice that was followed with my action, started something rolling, and pretty soon I was getting it from uh, a minor holy man and friend of mine named Agaon, and from Edgar Papke, the great coach and author and musician who's coached me throughout it. And it even dovetails with um, the the number twenty three uh, among your life lessons about being authentic and being content, because that kept being their message to me. Doug, mm-hmm. if you just show up as your authentic self then that's what's going to help you to thrive and get out of this funk. And you know what? I'm content today because I welcomed the advice, took the action, have tried to be as authentic as I can, and I find the contentment is exactly exactly why um, I can sit here and have great conversations with great guys like Jim Higley, the bobblehead dad today. So what's a parting lesson for us before we have to turn towards the uh, end of the show?
1: Well, I'll, I'll, the parting lesson I'll, I'll give is, is the very last lesson, and, and it really is the summation of, of all of them, and that is lessons happen every day. Yeah, and I mean that's that is you know, it, and I'm not giving the book away because the book hopefully speaks for itself. But that that ultimately is the I was on this journey looking for the ultimate you know golden nugget piece of wisdom to leave my kids, and in the in the process of you know discovering many. Many lessons that I had forgotten, I had been taught by my own family. That's that. That was the lesson. The lesson was, kids, your lessons happen all the time. My lessons happen all the time. But and you have to choose if you are going to be awake and involved in a part of those. And so that's the the parting lesson is uh, believe, truly believe in the power of right now.
0: The power of right now. It's what it sounds like. Really has sustained you, Um, Jim Higley, the bobblehead dad. Is my guest, as we mentioned, Bobblehead Dad, 25 life lessons I forgot I knew, um, available where all your books are sold. I got mine on Amazon. And um, as you read through the lessons that are really punctuated by the amazing stories of your life, um, the amount of, of loss that you've had, and the ability, as you said at the outset, to be grateful for the tough stuff. And turn it around is, is, you know, I don't want to sound all cliche, but it's, it's, it's really inspired me and it's what's really made for, um, just the, the bobblehead dad to, to thrive as you reach out in, in so many venues. You'll, um, you'll be at dad 2.0 this year, I trust. I wouldn't miss it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try to meet up with you there. You know, it was, okay. uh, scheduled and I was scheduled to be there. And it's when my dad decided that, um, he was going to decide to transition and pass on. And I remember that, um, you know, that, yeah. I, I, I was sorry to miss the gathering, but as you probably recall, he gave me the gift of being there for his last breath. Right. And so I will circle back with Doug French and, uh, we'll talk more about that, uh, dad 2.0 as it gets closer. Uh, in a couple weeks, I'm pleased to say um, well, l- let me tell you what's happening next week on the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. Uh, Sam Sappington will be back. He'll be in the studio. Dr. Sam Sappington will be in town from um, Oregon. And we're going to talk about a simple question. Can gay and straight men be friends? So don't miss that. On October 7th, guys from the Stay-at-Home Dads Convention that's coming up here in Denver uh, the following week, they'll be here. And later in the month, October 21 and 28, as well November 4th. We're going to feature um, a lot of stuff having to do with the Whole Man Expo, a great event happening right here in Denver. Uh, Jim and Ruth Sharon, Jim, the editor of the Men's Anthology, is uh, the organizer of that. So we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks on the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. I am so grateful to you, Jim Higley, bobblehead dad. I love it when we discovered one another. I I inadvertently... uh, responded to a um help out a reporter for something that you were writing and then discovered that we we you know had several overlapping worlds um i'm going to make sure to get you a copy of the men's anthology a copy of my gratitude journal and a um a Grateful Dad t-shirt just to say thanks for being my guest today. And thank you for the inspiration and the lessons that come through um, when I pick up your book and, and even go to uh, the bobbleheaddad.com website. So thanks, Jim Higley. Thanks, you everyone, for listening. Stay tuned next week. Sam Sapping back. We're talking gay and straight men. And until then, I like to remind you, remember to be grateful. And I'll meet you back here next week, the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on milehighradio.com.